0: Okay, three, two, one.
1: All right, I already hit. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. One sec. <laughs> <All right. laughs>
0: That's going in. Fuck. Firstly, I want to apologize to anyone listening. I've been sick recently and I might lose my voice during the recording of this, but we'll see how it mm-hmm. goes. Uh, okay. Do you know a good doctor? Maybe one that can help me with my sleep as well?
1: I'm not going to respond to that. <laughs> Uh, I may have thought of that
0: joke before I even saw this movie, but...
1: Yeah, good. <laughs> um, yep. That, mm, is that even a joke? Anyways. Um, Not no, right. a joke. So, Dr. Sleep. We saw Dr. Sleep. Um,
0: yeah. Welcome to Watch Out. Welcome, welcome to Watch
1: out. Yeah, <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. It's episode two. Um, the sophomore effort. Can we? Can we stand up to the... Praise of episode one, the Joker review. <laughs> <see>.
0: oh, um, <laughs> I think we've peaked, man.
1: Oh, it's all downhill from here. I
0: should be sure.
1: <laughs> all right. So, anyway, Dr. Sleep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess I'll go for it. Um, yeah. So Dr. Sleep is the sequel to The Shining based on the book by Stephen King. And... um Pretty much, it follows a grown-up Danny who is now very sad and uh, has very a lot of issues. Sad. He's very sad. His life hasn't been easy. No. And eventually, trying to live this little life using his psychic powers to the best of his abilities, but only really being able to do so much. And then all of a sudden, he makes this kind of telepathic contact with this young girl has the very,
0: dumbest
1: name very similar to um how Dick Halloran and and he did earlier in the in the original shining but anyway so he makes friends with this young girl with similar latent telepathic abilities named Abra That's and so dumb. and um who finds herself kind of well she becomes aware of like this this group of Roaming like caravanners who kind of are like these telepathic psychic vampires who have similar abilities to them, but use them to hunt down people with the same like shining-esque telepathic abilities and like which is kind of establishes like a spectrum of abilities. Like some people have it more than others, some people have it less, and it kind of dilutes over time. Um but they found a way to essentially transform themselves into, the, into being able to consume that psychic energy and live long off it. Yeah. And so essentially...
0: Fair. Yeah, it's basically it, about them hunting so her.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Danny from The Shining essentially finds himself trying to protect... This young girl from these psychic vampires who are Psych- on their way. Psychic vampire witches. Psychic vampire witches. Yes, and they are on the way.
0: Dun dun dun. The sequel um, I imagined for The Shining.
1: Yes. Psychic vampire <laughs> witches. Oh, we all. Do. It was just so. Like, it's, we so it's so obvious. It's so obvious. I reckon
0: everyone in the cinema forty years ago was like,
1: "I can't wait! I can't wait when, for the sequel." <laughs> yeah, when, and- are they gonna, when are they going to get to the psychic witches? <laughs> like, surely i would be waiting for that. Surely, at least one person in the world has shouted that while watching the first Shining movie. <laughs> like, and they were right; they called it. <laughs>
0: Uh, My friends laughed at me, but who's laughing now?
1: (laughs) Oh man, Um, (laughs) that guy definitely has a little touch of the shining wherever he is. Um, But yeah, this um, podcast
0: is dedicated to that guy,
1: that one guy. If you're out there, email us. Um, So yeah, Uh, we both saw the movie. Yeah, Um, I had definitely had something I was going to say just now. I have a long history with the shining. I feel like almost mm. every film guy does like that. Mm. Everybody fucking I remember I
0: think we should we should say before we get into the spoiler territory, because we will eventually. Yeah. This is definitely not a safe zone for shining spoilers.
1: Oh yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. we
0: can't not talk about that
1: <laughs> because yeah. it's based on oh yeah, yeah. The, but Sh- like- the
0: original shine. So um for anyone who hasn't watched The Shining spoilers. Secondly what, what's show? wrong with you? <laughs> what's that movie? <laughs> I... What's that movie? That one mm. film friend you have has failed.
1: You. Yeah, he's failed. And that,
0: for a while, that friend, um, film friend might be me, so I might have failed you, if you're listening. Mm. Uh- <laughs> uh,
1: who have you failed, Harrison?
0: I failed a lot of people, I think.
1: Oh. Anyways, um, <laughs> so I have... I first watched The Shining probably, I think, I, I remember, I must have been like 12. I think I was in, like. Jesus. I was I was quite young because it was the first movie that, back when I first started really getting into movies, like I'd go through the TV guide and, like, look at movies coming out, uh, airing that week. And, like, trying to plan my week around, like, recording them. Um, And I remember when The Shining came on and I thought, like, ooh, that's one I actually really want to see. And I told my parents that I was going to tape it. And they said I wasn't allowed to. And I did not grow up in, like, a conservative household. Like, I walked in on my parents, and they let me watching, like, let me watch all these, like, fuck, any movie, like, anything that was on, like, these... That's I suppose, not where
0: I thought that sentence was going.
1: Yeah, that, um, I phrased that really badly, <laughs> and I was started to slip. But no, they would just watch whatever, and they would let me watch it. Like, I remember vividly watching Species when I was, like, eight years old. The, like, Natasha Henstridge species about the young alien girl who, like, I don't know, trying to have an alien baby. It's a weird fucking what, was movie. Was that Splice? No, Species. It was, like, a 90s movie. Okay. But it's not um, Splice. It sounds like Splice. It's similar, yeah, but way older and way more 90s. Um, it's not a movie that an eight-year-old should watch because that movie fucked me up. And it I definitely think... I honestly think about that movie and think it has had a psychological effect on me, but regardless, (laughs) we're not here to talk about species. Um, Anyways, eventually they, after some consideration, did let me watch The Shining. I think I wanted, (laughs) oh, bad move. Yeah. I do remember the first time I watched it, just coming out of it. Just like, what the hell did I just watch? Um, But I've since over the years, kind of it sat with me for years and years and years and i remember i think 2009 was the year i re- like rewatched it and that was the year that i suddenly like it clicked in my head and i'm pretty sure i watched it like 3 times that year and um it's a really good movie it's definitely one of my favorites it's probably my favorite cubic movie and um god it's just really good everything about it is just outstanding and every time i watch it it um something stands out to me, like something I didn't notice before, like a tiny little touch or detail or just something. And it'll always unsettle me. Every single time I've watched it, it has like unsettled me and spooked me. Mm. And I've seen it like five times.
0: So I, I need to chime in a little bit here. You said you watched it for the second time in 2009. Probably. I, I watched it for the first time in 2009. Ooh, and I watched oh it three God. times that year. So I think oh, we are fuck. connecting by The Shining.
1: <laughs> I wonder what. Maybe something occurred and like thrust it into the like into the main like I don't know pop culture again.
0: Well, I I watched it in 2009 for Year 12 um, film studies. Ah, so that's this film. Uh, uh, that and Psycho is the two films we studied for Year 12 media. And it was the first, uh, well, it's not the first, but it was the big film film that got me into Mm,
1: film films. Yeah. I I would say The Shining was the first movie that really made me have to sit back and, like, try and interpret what I had just seen, to try and, like, actually think, like, what – and make a decision for myself as to what was happening in that movie. And I remember having so many debates with my like mom and brother over the years over what they thought was happening. Like my brother was very much like, Oh, it's all like in the mom, it's all in the mom, Wendy's head. And she's like having this Mm. like her going insane and seeing all these things happen to like to her husband and son. It's actually like her going, her going mad and not the other two or whatever. Um, I kind of am in a weird spot when it comes to interpreting the what happened in The Shining because now i
0: Yeah, I think that's not important for this. Yeah, necessarily. no, it's
1: not. Um, and, but I'll get into that a little bit more later. Yeah, 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 But sure. um But The Shining is a movie that I consider... If I had to give it to the... If I'd have to give any movie for this, I'd say The Shining is the scariest movie. Like, um, yeah, I would agree to that. It just has to be. It just nails that fear. There's something just, like, cursed about that movie. Yeah. It is insane.
0: Maybe not the scariest, because I think scary has a lot of interpretations. I would definitely call it the most haunting movie. It's mm. one that literally gets under your skin, and it's not something specific. It's a mood. It's, a, it's like a a presence. Um, yeah. It's not like... Uh, like your classic oogly boogly ghost movie.
1: Is yeah. there something
0: about its or, delivery that gets yeah. up your skin more yeah. than, I mean, there is still a gross, naked um, zombie, but. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which we'll I, get to in a minute.
1: <laughs> yeah. I The Shining, thinking of just talking about it now has made me realize just how much of an a creative inspiration that has been for me. Like I look at that and Mm -hmm. I look at the way it handles horror and like just the stylistic flair of it all. And I just go like, oh man, like I can see so much of that in like my own like creative writing and my Mm -hmm. own little, the way I, you know, devise stories and stuff. It's just so much of the shining in there that I just, it's just such a scary movie. Mm -hmm. I still can, like, I, it's just, it's the scariest movie to me. Like people have asked me, What is the scariest horror movie? When they find out I'm a horror movie guy, they're like, what's the scariest horror movie? And I'm just like, they're shining off the bat. And I'll have people like be like, oh, really? I'm just like, yep. Because it may not be ugly, boogly scary, but it, fuck, it scares me every time. Like it gets me unsettled.
0: Well, my answer
1: to that is definitely Dragon
0: Ball Evolution, but, you know, that's a, oh, <laughs> that's a different I, kind of scary. <laughs> I, saw,
1: I saw that in the cinema when it came out. Oh,
0: no, I'm too scared to see it. See, it's the scariest have you act,
1: Oh You know what? That's a fair point. I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> All right. So, now, do you have anything more you want to add about The Shining for now?
0: Um, no. Well, other than it's like, yeah, it's one of my favorite films, personally. Yeah, yeah, same. It's one of my top 10. I consider it one of those 10 out of 10 masterpieces. I think it's not a contentious thing to say. I think it's Mm. objectively probably one of the best horror movies ever made, if not one of the best movies ever made. I think that's a general consensus, so...
1: Yes. Not at the time, but now, yes. Yes. Yes, very much so. For for those of you who don't know, who aren't uh, film historians... The Shining did not do well when it came out. It not only critically failed, but it commercially failed as well. Everybody hated it. It got nominated and I think won uh, Golden Raspberry Award. So, like, Worst Movie sure. of the Year Awards.
0: I don't I know about that. Let me, let me fact check. I
1: think it did. I think it won. It got nominated for, I think, Worst Director and Worst Actress for Shelley Duvall, and I think Shelley Duvall won Worst Actress which is absolutely insane looking back at. It was something like that, but it it definitely got nominated.
0: I think you're right. Holy shit,
1: I didn't know that. I know. It was so bad, it almost killed Stanley Kubrick's career. That's how it was received. Hang on.
0: It was nominated in the first ever
1: Razzie's. Oh, I didn't know that. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Okay, so, and only in, like, since maybe it took, like, I don't know, a decade or so, but suddenly people kind of turned around to it and realized it's actually the best the best movie ever. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure about how much, like, I, it'd be interesting to go and look at exactly when that happened in pop culture, because all I know is that people hated it when it came out. Yeah. Hated we, could,
0: it. we could probably safely assume it happens before The Simpsons, because The Simpsons yeah. has about a billion references to the yes. movie.
1: Yeah, it must have been in like the late 80s or something. I don't Surely. know. Surely yeah um anyways so dr sleep what did you think of dr sleep harrison
0: okay i did not like this movie um i my if i had to summarize what i think about this movie i think without its connection to the shining because its connection to the shining isn't uh, it's direct but it also is not super important to the main plot um, yes. I think without its connection to The Shining, it is uh, mediocre and Im- unmemorable, um, but well-crafted. Uh, but with its only interesting quality is its connection to The Shining, which only brings it down and wrecks the legacy of the original film. Okay. I... <laughs> I- <laughs> I think it's a real shame. I yeah, I I do not like it at all. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was okay, expecting that's not you to have this reaction. Yeah. The moment I walked out of the cinema, I was like, I know like a handful of people just off the top of my head who are not going to like this movie, <laughs> and I understand. I fully understand why, and I agree with you on on. I'm sure I'll come to agree with a lot of the points you have, and what you said yeah. sounds pretty right. But I did like it. I didn't Oof. love it. I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, and I will forward this by saying that I've also I've read the book. Yes. I've read the Shining book too. I've read the Stephen King memoirs. I've read the Stanley Kubrick interviews about the Shining. I've watched that Room Two Three Seven documentary. Like, oh, I've some
0: good filmmaking in there.
1: That, that's an interesting <laughs> documentary. Some some interesting theories there. Um, but yeah, so I've gone through the whole thing and, uh, there's a lot and I do agree that, um, the weird, like the, the more interesting story is the actual story of Danny and Abra. That's, that's where the bulk of the narrative is. And it is the actual ties to the original shining that it really gets heavy into into the later portions of the movie where it kind of starts to feel tacky even though the the effort they've gone to to recreate this like the sets to shoot it just like the old way even though like there like there are scenes that are shot like beat for beat exactly the same as the Kubrick mm. movie and that is like commendable even though it's like completely unnecessary it comes off
0: super tacky in my opinion it doesn't I was actually laughing in my seat in some of it because I couldn't believe what I was watching
1: yeah there, <laughs> um we'll get into there's some good, some good stuff to talk about when we get into spoilers a little bit later mm. but um but yeah see it's interesting for me watching this because I read the book too and again I have the, a very similar um similar consensus for the book I liked it but I didn't love it
0: why didn't you do the book come out
1: uh, I think it was, like, 2012, I think. It was a little okay. while ago. Like, this movie wasn't rushed out. Also, I've watched a lot of stuff by the director of this movie, Mike Flanagan. I'm a bit of a fan of his. He's an interesting... Like, I I kind of have, like, a back and forth with his movies. Like, some of them I really like, some of them I absolutely hate. Like, um his first movie, Oculus, is really good. And... um his Netflix series, The Haunting of Hill House, I cannot recommend highly enough. I think it is outstanding. He has this very, he's probably the perfect pick to direct this movie because he has this very unique brand of horror that he does, which is very much based in emotion and trauma. Uh, you could almost argue that all of these movies have the same storyline. And that is true, which is all of these movies are about people who grew up um, after a traumatic incident as a child, coming back to face it and it's like supernatural manifestations. Like that's pretty much all of his movies, but they are good. Large, like a lot of them are good, and he's a good filmmaker. Like his movies are always really, really well produced. Even uh, he made a one of the Ouija movies that was really bad. Even though it got good in reviews, it's not good. It's bad, but it's <laughs> still well produced. Like it looks good, and the actors are good, and it's all that stuff. But, um, yeah, this movie, he also directed the Gerald's Game movie on Netflix. And from what I gather of that is that it's pretty much a, which I have seen it, but I haven't read the book. It's like a beat for beat adaptation. Like it completely hits every single note of the book in the most streamlined way possible. Like it is like, you literally turn the book into a movie. And that is for the most part, exactly how it feels with Dr. Sleep. Like this is. Like, this book is pretty much exactly the same as the movie. Like, when I was reading this book, I was seeing what I saw in the movie. Like, it's insane some of the moments that just, to a T, were captured visually. I, like, I'm actually, like, shocked at how... In,
0: how in the they book, that, does mm, Abra still have a Ruby poster?
1: No. <laughs> um, that, <laughs> that whole bit is... Um, a little bit different in the book, and I can understand why they changed it. Um, in the book, uh is obsessed with Game of Thrones. Oh, oh, and okay. they, and they changed it. I think, yeah. To Ruby. They, they changed <laughs> it to Ruby, and they made a lot of. Yeah, I don't <laughs> why?
0: know why. Why it was Look, so she's weird? Young,
1: that's what young kids are into. I don't know. Oh um, shit! But yeah, um, thing is, there are actually a quite a lot of differences in the book and the movie. Like, straight off the bat, like, very... And the most um, apparent is that the ending in the movie, the whole ending sequence is completely different. Mm. The entire ending from this movie does not happen in the book. It is... Even, like, the note it ends on, like, everything is different. It's like the last... The whole climax is completely original in this movie. And I've Mm. conflicted opinions on which I like better... Because in the book, the climax kind of fizzles out and it's kind of lame. It's really just like they fight, and so it's end. a
0: Stephen King book.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've read. I'm a I'm a Stephen uh, Stephen King fan myself. I've read a lot of his books and seen most of his movies. And yeah, that does um that does ring true. The whole Stephen King has bad endings thing. Well, I don't think it's it's a weird thing to criticize because in a lot of his books, there's this element of um like the end is coming in, in a lot of these stories, like the characters know the end is coming from very early in the movie. And it's just like this slow build to it of them preparing to face this ending. And then by the time it comes, it's like hard and fast and rough and like uncinematic, just like, like a, just like mm. a scrap and things happen really fast. File. And in the book that worked in the movies, it does not work. <laughs> um, Yeah, we won't talk about it because there's a lot to say about it, book and movie. But um, (laughs) the whole sequence, the whole climax is so different, like fundamentally completely different. It's like, I'll get into this when we talk more into spoiler, when we go for a more detailed run through. But like, it's crazy for a movie to be so accurate for the first three quarters and then completely shift tone. And I get why, because in this, um, I remember when this movie was coming out, everyone was like, "Oh, so is it gonna be a sequel to the movie or the book?" Yeah, and and yeah. They were, and my response to that was yes, and um, so <laughs> we're just like, "What?" And now that it's out, it definitely is a sequel to the movie, but they've done yeah. a really, they've merged them really well. Like they've they've done a good job at doing all these kind of references and kind of teasers to the book without diverting from, like, I don't know, the movie timeline. And it's honestly a smart move. Like, if I was in their position, I would have based it off the movie as well because, like, it makes sense that, you know, the book follows the book, the movie follows the movie, more people are familiar with the movie and the book and The Shining, and The Shining spoilers, the book for The Shining is also very different. Yes. Um, The movie uh, is much better, question mark? I'll get into that. I have a lot to say about Shot. that because it's a very Shot. interesting topic that I've been musing upon since like high school pretty much. I, this but, feels planned. I feel like I've not walked in, into a trap. No, oh my God. <laughs> um, uh, I have written a few notes, but um, so the book and The Shining, there are some, largely the events are the same, but the heart is very different and- well, it does end in functionally the same way. In the book, the, it's like uh, the dad dies and the uh, mother and son get away. In the book as well, though, Dick Halloran, the other psychic, survives. He what? never died. Really? He, he doesn't die in the book. And I oh,
0: th- I remember Kubrick, I was seeing an interview with Kubrick or some tidbit somewhere, whatever, where he purposely killed him for people that read the book.
1: Yeah, you can totally tell that. It's so um, obvious.
0: Yeah, the, the, the death is, like, so out of left field in the it's movie. It's so like,
1: sudden, yeah. And <laughs> there's all the build-up to it as well.
0: It's all the build-up, and he's like,
1: oh, I'm here, and then Jack bang Torrance dead. is
0: just like, bang. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, in the book as well, there's no axe.
0: What? How can you have in the shining the, without the axe?
1: In the book, he's running around with a croquet mallet shouting at the um the wife and son uh no sh- chasing after the son saying you need to take your medicine okay it works in the book kind of um but i would i guess- I'm, they did it i think yeah it's it's very different you spend a lot more time with these characters in the book sure and um but in the heart the book is kind of like it's almost like a redemption story for the jack character in a way it's i'll get more into this later but the heart is very different. Jack isn't like an irredeemable monster. It's kind of all about his struggle for um to keep himself together to battle his demons.
0: Right. Because you get a more of an insight into like his thought process. Because yeah. it's
1: a book. And in the end, he loses. And um Dr. Sleep very much follows on in that regard because this yeah. movie is about battling your demons. Like the story itself is almost like a backdrop to this arc that Danny's going through, where he's finding himself facing the same demons that his father faced because he's inherited them, as well as the trauma of the events of the original Shining mm-hmm, and his upbringing mm-hmm. in that family.
0: Which, to be fair, is some of the cleverest stuff
1: in this um, sequel. I wish there was a, like more of that in a way. Like it's, I mean, I guess, yeah. it, I guess. That's what the book's for. Like they, there is a a good amount of that in the book, but um, I don't know. It's just so interesting this idea for a character that, like, the weird uh, psychic vampire story kind of almost just happens. It feels almost (laughs) like get this psychic vampire shit out of the way. I want to know more about Danny and his demons.
0: Yeah, Uh, can we just talk about the? Sorry to derail, but this the psychic vampires, right? So yep. I don't. These this is the element that works the least in this movie because the visuals of them are super fucking lame. Um, I can't believe I'm seeing a shining sequel where there's a bunch of like like hippies around like a sixties sci-fi canister snort enough <laughs> gas like it, it, it looks lame it looks like it a 90s weird. tv movie i mean it's well done and with high production values despite the fact that all these characters have pristine clothes despite living in camper vans their clothes look nicer than mine yeah. <laughs> you know i yeah. don't get that bit but um it's just the visuals of this horror thing looks like a cheap horror thing, which is in such contrast to, like, the rich horror of The Shining, the original, where it actually felt like real ghosts, not tropey ghosts, where you couldn't yeah. quite figure out how they worked. They feel like they were natural and they were you were unable to fully grasp what they could do. But yeah. the, the, sci- the sci-fi and the horror in this one has distinct rules that you could follow because you can follow the tropes. That shit annoys me so much because it's such a cheap thing. It feels like cheap writing attached to some of the richest writing in cinema history.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting shift of mindset you kind of have to do with this storyline, but you shouldn't be required to. Yeah. And I, I agree. Even with the book, there was, um, it felt weird. Like it, it felt weird that this was what this book was about—these hippie vampires uh, traveling around By the America. Way,
0: the lead actress for Rose the Hat, um, yes. who was the leader of this group, she's great in this. I oh, really like her performance. Yeah, I really like that character. Actually, I Rebecca wanted her to be, I wanted her to be in a different movie.
1: <laughs> she she yeah, felt she, like a
0: comic book character, and yeah. I would be like. Hell yeah! This is gonna ca- fight Captain Marvel. <laughs> but yeah, no, he's um, gonna fight Danny from The Shining, <laughs> the little boy with the mop hair.
1: Yes, um, fair point. Uh, no, I, <laughs> Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah, she was really good. The lead. I will say the acting in this movie is quite good. I, I liked Except it. Except
0: for actually, I will agree with you. Everyone's great in this, especially the girl who played Abra. She's fantastic for her yeah, age. Yeah,
1: it's right? her first movie as well. Holy shit, she's great. See, yeah, put she her was, in more things. She's really good. Um,
0: but Ewan McGregor, I've never seen his American accent so flimsy.
1: Oh, really? I <laughs> didn't was really notice. He
0: really but... bad. I kept uh, he kept shifting. Not only would he change which like state he's from from America, he uh... just he Scott, his Scott was coming in way too often.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I'll give him that, but I still did like his performance. Oh,
0: yeah, on on generally. But I I laughed out loud when I first saw him when he was, like, all bearded up and, um, like, disheveled as, like, a hard cut from him being, like, a nine-year-old with a mop hair. Just Yeah. Danny's here and he's a badass. He's going to punch someone in the face. And I'm like, oh, God, (laughs) this is the dude who broke a line on a tricycle. It, It felt a little try hard at the start that way. It worked, but at, yeah. the, at the very start, you're like, what the what fuck the are fuck? they doing?
1: Yeah. All right. No, that's a fair point. <laughs> um. um oh, what else do I have to say before we get into some more spoilers? Um, yeah. Pretty much a lot of the flaws in this movie were also flaws in the book. It's weird that they've just like straight up adapted the that's story. Like flaws and all. Like there are a couple things that they tweaked. And again, as I said before, the climax has really changed. But there's like a lot of little, like, like for instance, I don't like the canisters for the psychic vampires. I think it would have been better if they just survived by eating psychic children, yeah, and then getting along off that. And then it needed
0: it needed to be more Twin Peaksy in terms of its visual design. I think
1: I largely did really like its visual. I don't know. The visual. I thought the movie was quite pretty.
0: Oh, I will agree to that. I just think the. Specifically, the psychic vampires needed a less. Uh, something different.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, in the book, the whole kind of deal was that they were supposed to be like kind of caravan hippies. Like mm-hmm. they were just like these. I, like, I don't mind the hippies. These entities just it's, roaming.
0: It's just that. Uh, the the canister and the gas and everything is just way mm, too literal.
1: Even in the book, the canister felt weird to me. Like uh, it just felt out of place.
0: It's it's too like B sci-fi.
1: Yeah, that is that is a a nitpick and a half. But um, like I I get what they were going for. In that there was like they were trying to ration out their supplies, but it just felt weird.
0: It it's but it's like even if it was if it was a jar, that's better. It was like some sort of ancient looking jar that they put it in. That's heaps better. I yeah, don't know that, it's like You know
1: what? That's like Yeah, it's like a thermos. Yeah, um but
0: like a high-tech thermos.
1: Yeah, really weird. They could have done some cool hor- like I don't know horror lore stuff with some the way they stored it. Like that could have been 100%. that could been a whole thing.
0: It could have been anyway. from like an ancient
1: culture. It could be yeah. been like
0: Aztec or something. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I like that they didn't go into um like the mystery around them we don't know what they are and how long they've been around that's cool like there's glimpses like uh she does like passing references that some of them have been around for thousands of years stuff like that Mm. Um, which is cool but um
0: which again would be cooler if it wasn't attached to the shining because then you could do more with it
1: yeah fundamentally for me the main point of contention for like, this movie and the original Shining is just the fact that you have to compare it to the original Shining. Like, no movie would ever be able to even, like, yes. comp- like, nothing can stand up to that. Like, it's such a unique, it's a full-blown Kubrick arthouse horror film. And, like, how do you follow that up? And yes. this, I don't blame them for trying and not trying to change the story to be more like this Kubrick, Movie, I don't know. They had the source material to base it off, and I think it's weird because the movie, the story for this works as a sequel to the book, but not as a sequel to the movie. Mm. The book was less, I don't know, less intense, less like a huge impact on pop culture like the movie was. Well, the book was popular. It wasn't the big deal that the movie was. It wasn't a Kubrick film. It wasn't a Kubrick film. And, yeah, even coming back and write, even writing a sequel to it feels just, it feels strange. It feels yeah. like it shouldn't, shouldn't be. It feels it's, like one it, of,
0: it's one of those things, like, you can make a sequel to a lot of things. It feels like one of the ones that you just don't even yeah. think about them having a sequel for.
1: Yeah. I, I'd be interested into looking as to why specifically Stephen King chose to write this because he didn't need to. Like, he's not one of those writers who needs to go and, like, cash in on his, like, his old guy points for, like, so good stuff he did in the past to try and get a cheap Yeah, buck. He's not. He must have had a very personal reason why he decided to write this.
0: Or maybe he wanted to write another story about psychics, but then couldn't justify it not being in the shiny universe.
1: Maybe. Um. But if he, Stephen King can write fucking anything. He's one of those writers. He can just write anything. Like, he didn't need to make another Shining story. That's true. Anyways. Maybe he
0: saw that shining. He saw that shining muller in the in the distance. He's like, oh, they'll definitely make a movie out of this. I don't
1: know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm being cause, too mean. Because um, it's interesting going in because Stephen King uh, notoriously does not like the, the Kubrick movie. He, yes, um, which is and
0: still I t- confusing. It's very and, um, confusing.
1: I think it, it makes sense to me, but I've done all the fucking research. Sure, um, and I think there is a lot of uh, contention towards Stephen King over the fact that he doesn't like the Shining movie because a lot of like film student types will kind of like latch to the Shining and be like, "How dare he insult this amazing movie? It's way better than me. like fuck the book." You know? Yeah, that, that's but me. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's a lot of people. But um, the original Shining book, I like. I after doing all the research and fucking reading the Stephen King memoirs and stuff. Um, I get it. I I, like fully understand why he didn't like the movie, and like it totally makes sense. Because if you think about it, from for him, the original Shining is very much inspired by his battles with his own demons. Like Stephen King's notorious in the past for being an alcoholic, a drug addict. Like he's had these battles going on and on uh, through a lot of his earlier years, and the Shining was kind of like him dealing with facing these fears, these demons, for the first time. And a lot of that comes through in the character Jack. And Stephen King is very uh, notorious, good or bad, for um, putting a lot of himself into his writings. Sometimes that means uh, every character is an author and the the same plot elements kind of repeat across all these different stories, like so many tropes that rehash. But it can. He still does write good books, usually. And the character of Jack really, to him, represented his battles with this demon, with his own personal demons. Mm. And in the book, the way the book ends of The Shining is Jack very much more clearly becomes possessed by the spirits of the Overlook Hotel. Essentially, like whatever kind of dark forces there gets its claws into him, and quite like literally, like possess him. And drive him to chase down his family to to kill them. And, um, but in the end, in the last minute, he manages to pull himself together and lets his and holds himself back to let his um, wife and son escape. And as the Overlook Hotel uh, explodes from leaving the boiler unattended, and he dies in the flames as the Overlook burns to the ground. That's how the book ends. All right. And um just very different to the
0: overlook not getting destroyed and him freezing to death lost in a maze because Danny outwits him.
1: Yes. Um so very different ending. And Dr. Sleep is I guess kind of like a like a, it's like a follow-up, I guess. Maybe he wrote it because he really wanted to bring this message home again. Um Oh God! I forgot where I was going with this point entirely, but um, man, it's so yeah. I understand. Oh yeah, that's what I was talking about—the uh, him talk, hating the Kubrick movie. Um, yeah, and then Stanley Kubrick comes along, gets the rights, and completely, actually, butchers the novel. Like, not it's not bad. Like, he didn't. He made a great movie, but he butchered the novel like thematically, and turns it into just this cold movie about like hate the whole theme of where the book's main theme is essentially like I guess redemption the movie's theme is uh, hate and like
0: I think the movie's theme is um
1: violence well
0: it it is but it's also about um our, our our ability to forget past violence that's, I think, what the whole movie is about, because, like, you know, yes. it's all about the family violence that's implied within the fa- the Torrance family, yes. but it's also got a lot of theming about the violence towards the Native Americans in it as well. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah. So it's all about, it's very like,
0: much, forgetting and yeah. burying this. It really,
1: yeah, it really ties into the, like, inherent violent nature of mankind and the history of violence.
0: Mm-hmm. Much like that movie. The History of
1: Violence? I guess. I <laughs> cannot remember what happened in that movie. No, neither can um, I. It was a lot of violence I think I know. I think I was too young when I watched that. But anyway, Oh, God, were you Shining. also eight? What? <laughs> um, oh, God. Um, did you watch The History of Violence when you were eight?
0: No, 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 no. I was asking if you watched it as well. Like, you did uh, a double feature with The Shining.
1: Oh, no, no, no. But I would like to watch that movie again.
0: When I was eight, the most hardcore movie I watched was like
1: the Blues Brothers. Mm. Probably anyway. same actually. Doctor um, Sleep. Doctor Sleep. Um, so I liked it, didn't love it. It has a lot of flaws that are present both book and movie. It's just a weird movie. It's weird that it exists. That's my general consensus is I did like it. And if you're a fan of The Shining, then watch it. If you're a fan of horror, you know, if you're a fan of Mike Flanagan, watch it as well. I'd say this movie is mostly for Mike Flanagan fans rather than Shining fans. If you're you're like one of those film school types who's ride or die the Shining, then this movie's probably not for you.
0: Even though they advertise it that it is, which is interesting.
1: they kind of have to.
0: Yeah, you're right. Because it's the only reason it's interesting. If I saw that trailer and... It was not connected to The Shining. I was just like, oh, this looks like a weird Stephen King one. It's got psychic vampires. What the hell is this crap?
1: And then it's like, it's The Shining. But Harrison, it's the next chapter of The Shining saga.
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Now I have to watch it. Now I'm morbidly curious. Oh, my God. going to butcher one of my favorite films. (laughs) Can I... How do you rate this as like an actual horror movie? Because I thought this was like Um, one of the least scary horror movies I've ever seen in my
1: life. Yeah, it's more of like a dark fantasy kind of story. And the book was the same.
0: It has violent moments where like I thought the violence was quite visceral. Oh, "Oh, yeah.
1: This movie has um, one of the most um, terrifying child death sequences. Oh, yeah.
0: Put that on the back of the cover. Yeah, most terrifying child death sequence.
1: It was like a movie pretty ritual. full on. It was. Yeah. Um, I was surprised I, how that,
0: far they went with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, but but
0: otherwise, the horror elements did not yeah. work at all. I was laughing at most
1: of it. <laughs> yeah, that's again ties very much into kind of Mike Flanagan as the director. His horror movies. They're not scary in the in that like boo scare kind of way, or in that like lingering dread kind of way of the original Shining. It's very much like the fear kind of comes from I don't know trauma manifesting, like emotion. It comes from like within.
0: Yeah, I don't even get that. So
1: kind of it's, and this is a point I'll kind of go into later. His movies kind of resonate, I think, with people who. Are less emotionally stable. Like, if you're one of those guys who's just, you know, super chill, no real major issues that have happened to you in your life. What are you trying to then, say? To me? I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just, it's because uh, there's something I, I was going to go into a bit later, but I can go into it. A- but I actually watched. The uh, movie Bob review of this movie, and that's very interesting. I don't watch that many of his reviews. I watch some of them every now and then. This one is a very interesting response.
0: What does Bob have to say?
1: So I went in thinking, oh, he's going to hate this movie. Like he's a film, he's a classic film guy. He's going to hate this movie. He kind of started the starts the review, and this is spoilers for the movie Bob review. Okay. Um, he kind of starts and gives like a brief summary of the movie, and he like kind of pauses the review and goes on this kind of story about him and his father and how his father used to love the Shining movie, and then later and more recently had died of like, he phrased it as he succumbed to the demons that had tormented him his whole life, very much like Jack in the original Shining. And Movie Bob described this movie to him and he's explained it as very subjective as a movie that very deeply affected him in a way that no other movie this year has. And he's, he considered this movie the best movie of the year and gave it a 10 out of 10. Okay. And even though he said it's fully a subjective opinion that connects deeply with himself. And I was like, holy shit.
0: Well, there's a lot of value in that. I think movies are supposed to be subjective anyway. And, like, if it affects you in a deep level, that's, yeah, that's cool, man. I'm not going to take away it yeah. from anyone who likes it because I don't. Yeah. But um, this movie,
1: I think, has a lot of potential to do that. And I think that's very much the Mike Flanagan touch. That's kind of his skill as a filmmaker is bringing out that kind of energy. And yeah, I, I want to know what the fuck happened to Mike Flanagan in his childhood. Like, what happened to him? Why does he keep making these movies?
0: Well, you made so much research to see Stephen King. I think your next rabbit hole <laughs> oh, <laughs> is Mike Flanagan. Maybe. Yeah.
1: All Should right. we get into Spoiler Town? Let's get into, into Spoiler Town. What? Let's see what notes I have in Spoiler Town. So, I'd recommend go if you're a fan of The Shining. If you're a fan of Doctor Sleep, actually, no. If you're not a fan of The Shining. This movie's probably more for you. If you're a fan of um, Mike Flanagan movies and uh, just kind of want to watch a cool Mike Flanagan movie, then then watch Dr. Sleep. You'll probably like it. But if you're a ride-or-die shining fan, like Kubrick, film student, Die diehard, uh, don't watch this movie. It is not for you.
0: I say skip it. I think... Well, okay. I've got a very interesting question before we go into spoiler town. Um, um, do you think this movie has a legacy at all? Do you think... In 20 years' time, people are going to go... Because they're going to still recommend The Shining 20 years' time. are they still going to go, oh, The Shining. And it has a sequel, too. I can't imagine <laughs> a world where the sequel is still attached to it. Um, do you remember mm. that they made 2010 A Space Odyssey? It's going to be the same situation. Yeah. I remembered yesterday in a conversation with a friend that they made that movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and no one remembers I feel like this yep. is the same movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll agree to that. Like, people, this movies I, I reckon within a couple of years, I'll have forgotten it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's that bad. I think it's fine. I think it's okay. Yeah.
0: I think it's technically very good. I just think it's based on a very bad premise. I think
1: it's worth the watch. Okay. I think it's worth the watch. And there are some little touches in it that I really liked. Okay. Um, but we'll get into that when we get into spoilers. Okay, let's go into but spoiler yeah. town. Let's go into spoiler town. Um, so I didn't plan to start with the ending, but um,
0: <laughs> yeah. we're going right to the
1: end. So, in the book, okay. the story ends with the it's same everything's pretty largely the same. There's a few little differences up right that like the Hat is on her way to meet them at the mountaintop uh, where in the book it's where the Overlook once was and is now just kind of like this it's like this mountaintop kind of camp area, like just touristy kind of location, like scenic hiking route kind of thing but to a lot of the, it's considered and this is a theme in a lot of Stephen King stories is it's like a it's like a place of like a powerful energy and there's many of them across the world like it's just a place where so much has happened that it's kind of imbued the place with like its own psychic energy and they're planning to meet there to lure Rose into a trap and Rose is on her way and essentially they fight and I'm pretty sure they win by pushing Rose off a cliff. It was something like that and she just dies Jeez. and they go yay and, um, and then they just go home. That's how the book ends.
0: Wow, so I feel like it's not this movie, movie we'll get into this more, but like this movie, I feel like they've solved so many of their problems with violence, like just sheer violence, like even heroes. Mm. Not defensive violence, just very violent.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of violence. Um, but I guess it...
0: It's kind of justified, but just the level... There's a scene where they just shoot a bunch of witches to death and it feels very weird, but we'll get into that
1: scene. Yeah. That, a that scene is also... That scene is also play-by-play play exactly how I visualized it in the book. Interesting. It's one of those moments where, like, how it looks, how it's shot, the way it plays out, I'm like, that is exactly how, like, I read it. Like, when I visualized it as I read it, I was like, oh, damn. Did it still look as dumb? Uh, I, I didn't mind it. I thought that scene was fine. I laughed um, out loud. One thing, awesome. an element that is, I think, to me, both a flaw of the book and movie Is it really kind of set up the, um, what they called the true knot, which is the psychic vampires, as um, this really kind of ragtag group. And they weren't like evil genius masterminds. They were just really old and knew how to get through the cracks and slip by unnoticed and make things happen how they want through like coercion and being in the right place. stuff like that. really could have done a better job at establishing them as like this unpredictable force. And it was what I did like in both the book and the movie is there's really like a, the back and forth between the two parties, like the good guys and the bad guys is really kind of like one-to-one. Like the good guys are st- actually standing a chance, which is aggravating the bad guys, forcing them to fight back. It's not just like they're so overwhelmingly powerful. The good guys have to run. It's like a pretty even back and forth. And it's like, Who's gonna win? Kind of, it's like actually kind of like hard to tell who's gonna win in the end. Even though it's like obviously the good guys are gonna win. It's a decent power balance between the two the two parties, and it would have been they should have lent into that a lot more. I feel, especially in the movie. In the book, it's a bit more, but in the movie, it's. I just like the idea of them being this, uh, like, I can't even remember where I was going with this. Fuck, like just these rogue unhinged unpredictable like wild people out roaming the woods
0: yeah i didn't get that feeling like it felt very comic booky they um, did, yeah
1: they felt a lot more cartoonish in this in both the book and the movie
0: sorry i think we got distracted a little bit. like you said you talked about the ending of the book
1: oh we didn't yeah clarify how that contrasts to the ending yeah. of Movie. So, so the ending of the movie, they return to the Overlook Hotel, which is since shut down because in the movie, the hotel was not destroyed. In fact, they got away and the hotel was just left as is. But mm. apparently it got, it got closed down and boarded up and they decide to go back to that location to lure Rose into a trap where Dan runs into the hotel to like reawaken it, to like spark it up like a like a battery, and then lure Rose in, who has no idea what it is, and get her to get caught essentially by the Overlook and the evil presence within it. And in the end, he succeeds? Question mark. They succeed, but um, Danny loses and finds himself possessed by the spirits, and ends up, much like the book, sacrificing himself to destroy the Overlook and let Abra get away. Yeah, I'm not sure which ending I actually like better. I'm actually pretty torn about it. I can't decide which I like, because they both have their pros and cons. Mm. Um, I do like, and something, another thing that's different, how they handle Dick Halloran's character. In the book, he's just like, every couple, like, years apart, he'll come and there's that scene where he's talking to Danny as a kid, and then years later, he leaves and comes back years later, and like, so he's like a very infrequent person he communicates with for like advice. But in this movie, the way they did that first scene where it's just, oh, he's there, like sitting on the that early scene where it's like young Danny mm. and he's sitting next to Dick Halloran and he's talking about uh f- essentially figuring out a way to like seal away these spirits that have clung to him and have followed him out of the overlook. Because that's a that's a very prevalent uh story element is that the spirits from The Shining are quite literally like haunting Danny, quite like, yeah. literally, not just metaphorically. Like physically, it's like they've clung to him. It's so and, dumb. Um, <laughs> like- and Dick Halloran teaches him this trick to fighting them by sealing them in these like mental lock boxes. And I actually like that. I think that's some cool telepathic kind of mythology stuff. Like I, I don't mind yeah. that. And it ties in with actually a lot of other Stephen King lore in how he writes telepaths like stuff like that has happened in other Stephen King books. And I will admit the first sequence where he confronts the, um, where he sees the old woman in his home. Who they use like
0: 10,000 times in this movie. Jesus Christ.
1: Uh, Yeah. They do overuse her a bit, but, um, which isn't in the book as well. Um, that scene's in the book, but like, she's not in it much. She's pretty much in that opening scene. Then that's it. Um, where Danny sees her in the bathroom at the edge, like down the hall in his house. That is Mm. exactly how I visualized it when I read it. And that image is just scary. I'll give it that. Like that's a spooky image. Um, I feel like there's a missed
0: opportunity with using her so often in that movie and never doing the trick where she looks attractive, then goes to ugly. They never do that in this one, despite her appearing like seven times. Weird,
1: yeah, weird choice there. Yeah, they a big problem I had with this movie is just it. It's like they went through The Shining and were like, okay, we need to make a sequel to this. We need to hit the dot points. Yeah, it's a check put, Twi- checklist. Sp- spooky twins, spooky twins, scary old lady, the butler guy, uh, just like that handful, the like that handful of ghosts you saw. There's like they're they're the guys, you know.
0: The worst thing they do is the blood out of the elevator and it's like a throwaway oh, It just
1: happened. It just happens. It just oh, happens. No, no. oh my God. I forgot about that. That, it was that very is lame. so goofy. She just, uh, <laughs> Rose the hat, when she gets lured in, she just turns the corner and sees the blood pouring out of the elevator. It's like, and, a, she it's sparks. Like, and she's it's, just like, "Uh," oh. she's like, what the, like that's, yeah, that whole overlook <laughs> sequence at the end is so goofy and so tacky. And it's so, so just—it feels like sacrilege, is what I what I thought. Yes, but it's remarkably well made. Like the accuracy they went to recreate that—not only just the locations to look exactly how they did, even the actors who they get to replace the—they don't (laughs) use weird CGI. They actually use new actors and like replace them. Can we talk about those actors? Bang on. Oh, some. Can we talk
0: about those actors? They're, they're so funny to me the yeah. actors they chose because they are they do look similar, but, but everyone they chose is just slightly more attractive than the original Shining cast.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> just, um,
0: just that little little bit more conventionally yeah. attractive. It's like
1: a and weird bootleg like... feel. <laughs>
0: yeah, they yeah. It feels like, like, like a... they
1: they go to the bootleg Overlook Hotel. Uh, <laughs> they
0: look like um, what you would get for like a Halloween costume and you see the front cover and someone's wearing the costume, it's those people
1: yeah. and they got but those I still, people. I still will say it was remarkably like well done like, they couldn't have done it any better like, if, if they didn't do that they would have CGI'd it and that would have sucked I like, kind I'm, of would
0: have, wouldn't have minded deep faked um, Jack Nicholson for that one scene
1: I feel like that's see, the one scene you could have done it that that Jack Nicholson scene. We'll get into that. the the whole sequence. The whole that The whole sequence where Danny enters the Overlook and it's all ragged, and he just walks through it. I, I did really like that. Like I like that sequence. It was a bit cheesy that the lights were coming on in every room, even though like <laughs> they, that Those they could have they could have they should have taken their time with that scene a little bit more. But I do oh, like yeah. the idea of that scene. I thought it was real, like it's like this good mix of spooky and nostalgic kind of thing, but I, I guess it, it is nostalgia baiting. It isn't nostalgia baiting, and I'm sick of even The Shining gets a nostalgia bait sequel. That's uh, my main problem with this movie. Is <laughs> what I said before. It feels like sacrilege, but
0: it is it, um, interesting when they first arrive and they go to every key point within the first yeah. two minutes.
1: Yeah, and even all the shots are remade, but nothing happens. Yeah. But then eventually he makes his way around to the bar, like the golden room or whatever it's called. Yeah. And it looks exactly how it did. And um he walks up to the bartender and it's like shot for shot, just like the original Shining. And I, I disagree with you on this one. I actually really like this scene. The scene where he sat at the bar and talked back and forth with this the bartender who is wearing the face of his father who was uh, Jack Nicholson's character in the original, that scene I really liked. And I was like on the edge of my seat for a minute being like, are they going to get actually Jack Nicholson in for like, he wasn't like to record a voice line or something like, are they actually going to get, is he going to be back? They don't. Instead, it's the kid from E.T. growing up. Um, Wait, is actually what? who's playing him. <laughs> yeah, that's Elliot from E.T. He's in a bunch of Mike Flanagan movies. Okay. Um, there you go. And I don't mind that. Actually, a lot of the cast in this movie are actors who work with Mike. He has like a posse that he he brings to all of these movies. Um,
0: well, yeah, a lot of people do that,
1: and that's one of them. And um, I actually really like them, and I like how it parallels the original. This is the one parallel that I was like, this one actually worked for me. It's him talking to the bartender and being like, and the bartender introduces himself as like with the ba- like the bartender's name, and um, but it's obviously wearing the face of. Jack. And that's parallel to Jack in the original coming to the bartender and talking to the bartender. He's wearing the face of the last caretaker before him. And I did like, there is a scene, a moment in that scene where um, I also like how it's shot, how it's like shot not directly on. It's like side profile, even though it like you could argue it's to hide that it's not Jack Nicholson. I think it kind of, it had, it worked for me, but um, he, Ties, it turns into Danny trying to coerce him into confronting the fact that he is his father, like that, that is his dad that he's talking to. Eventually gets him to kind of coerces that line out of him where he goes tangent about like drinking because it's the medicine to deal with the world, something like that. It's a line, pretty much a line straight out of The Shining Book. Mm. And um, I, I just like that. It was like a nice nod to the original book. That wasn't in the novel. I have a question, though.
0: Like, I always felt like, you know, the the hotel obviously invites all these bad things because there's a lot of spirits that, like, coerces people into um, doing these horrific things. But the implication Dr. Sleep gives takes away a lot of power from the original movie, I think, because... Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, 100%. It ruins the mystery...
0: Because, yeah, not only does it ruin a lot of the mysteries and ex- overexplains like, too many of the mechanics of the original movie, um, I think the fact that all these events are happening all identically to the last case again.
1: Yeah, I didn't. That's the thing I, I because didn't like the most. I always
0: got the impression, impression sorry, <laughs> um, yeah. that it was like a reoccurring cycle and it happened similarly but different. Like it yeah. would, like a certain, like it's not going to be exactly the same thing, but every little person said mm-hmm. the same thing they said in the last one. And it's not because that's how the ghosts work. They say the same thing. That's impossible. No. They can't be doing that for centuries. People don't talk like that for centuries. Um, no. But instead, it's happening because that's what the movie was and not because that's how it would yeah. work in the actual universe of the thing. And that's very distracting to me
1: yeah I completely, it turns into a shining oh. spook show. And it's really tacky.
0: Oh, and the worst thing this movie does, the big thing that actually made me go, I hate it that from rather than I'm very indifferent to this, is when the ghosts, first off, the ghosts that we love in the shining act like actually oogly-boogly ghosts in the, over the <laughs> hotel and like physically <laughs> touch people and like are terror like they just it's, it looks act like it's out of a very cheap movie. Um, how they work, but yeah, then they possess. I... They literally possessed Danny, which implies that Jack Torrance was just possessed, not coerced, not had a devil on his shoulder that pushed him to the edge, and he made these decisions like the whole movie implies. No, he was just possessed because it's the Ugly boogly Ghost.
1: Yeah, oh, well, I that's, guess the that's movie they...
0: isn't scary anymore.
1: That is um, kind of something that people argue about. Film theory, people argue about for the original (laughs) Shining. Was was it actually just Jack being pushed? Was he possessed? Was it kind of like a fusion? Because that's what happened in the book. In the book, it was like both. It was him being pushed and him doing it, but it was kind of like they were one and the same. It was like the more he descended, the more he became consumed by it. But the point of the movie is that you can have that conversation. Yeah. The point was
0: it's very open to interpretation. It gives clues for either or. Yeah. But in this, this sequel, they go, no, it's definitely yeah.
1: this way. Yeah.
0: And it's the lamest possible way because it I takes agree. away a lot of
1: I agree with that. Um, something about the original Shining book, I mean movie, um, is that it plants so many seeds for different interpretations and none of them fully add up. So there is no perfect consensus of what I like happened. like that shit. That's good. And I love it. That is great. Unlike the book where it's very much uh, this haunted hotel is like a relic. It's like so haunted. It's like its whole own entity now. Like Super the spirits haunted. within it are trapped and they're essentially like just trying to consume more and more people to like add more and more and more people to, its, to it. Like into itself. It's like a feeding off people. To make itself like, I don't know more, I guess. But it's like nobody really knows what it is or what its purpose or goal is, or if it even has one. It's just this dark relic of a place. Mm. And even the book, you don't know why. In the end, the movie does a better job of leaving that like big question in your head because you have no answers in the book. We're in in the movie. We're in the book. You have some. But yeah, this movie really is like, okay, this is literally what happened. This is how the ghosts work. These are the handful of ghosts that are there. And it honestly, my when we walked out of the movie, my friend, um, my friend I saw it with explained the scene where he lures Rosa Hat in and she gets jumped by the the shining ghosts. Um, as like a like remember in um in one of the Spider-Man movies where like the Brooklyn people sat throwing rocks at Green Goblin and go. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. <laughs> that's what it, that's what it felt like when um, the ghost attacked. Wears the hat, and it's really dumb. Um, oh, just seeing the ghost physically touch someone. Yeah, I, I didn't really like that. That was weird. Me, I didn't like that either. That was weird. But is it better than her getting pushed off a cliff? I don't know.
0: Mm, you know what? I can't answer that fully. I actually, Yeah, I can't, you know what? I can't either. I want to see her get pushed off a cliff.
1: She either gets pushed off a cliff or gets hit by a car. It's one or the other. What if she gets pushed off a cliff into a car? That'd be cool. I'm going to quickly, like, uh, I'm going to look it up real quick on Wikipedia. Because I read this book earlier this year, but I've already forgotten. <laughs> oh, 2013 novel, The Doctor Sleep book. Okay. Um... Let's let me I'm literally just scrolling down. Um they confront it they, where the Overlook Hotel once stood, um, which is now a campsite. They travel to the site and trick her using astral projection. And um they push her off a cliff. That's actually how she dies. <laughs> but um in the book, there is a nice moment in the climax because it's a similar thing where Danny starts using his these lockboxes of the spirits he's made to essentially trap, to, like, get the True Knot. Like, he starts to use them against them. Because um, pretty much the whole story, and I really like the psychic, like, battles that happen throughout the story. I,
0: um, I'm i I'm, I'm iffy on them. I like a little, I some of like it? them. I like
1: them. Some of the visuals are really cool.
0: I feel like I would like it more if it was more like uh, the TV show Legion. I feel like they do psychic battlescapes a little better because Ooh. it's a lot less literal, oh, yeah. a, lot, yeah. a, lot, a yeah. lot less Hollywood. Yeah. Um, because this is very much like force push. Yeah. Um,
1: um. But
0: there's some cool things where they're like moving around a room.
1: That shit. I yeah. Liked. That's that good whole stuff. sequence where Rose the Hat astral projects to find Abra. Is I think the best scene in the movie. I think that whole sequence where she lifts up and then flies and it's shot like her like like flying through the sky, but it's like vertical and she slowly like floats down. It looks incredible to um, to the window. Looks awesome, and the way that scene plays out, where she finds the memory like the library in her mind and starts looking through the notes, but then it's a trap and it gets her, and then um, yeah, all that shit's good confronts her. That's that's all, and that's very similar to how it happened in the book as well. Except in the book, um, Abra turned into Daenerys from Game of Thrones instead of her own like OC character. That literally happened oh, in the book. Lord. It works that's because funny. You, it's funny. It works in the book. It's not like a weird pop culture fucking. It doesn't feel like a weird. Oh, Game of Thrones is popular. Let's make a Game of Thrones reference, kind of moment. It Actually, feels like well, something a, a young would do. girl yeah. would do because like this is her hero kind of thing. But yeah, I like that scene. Oh, I guess we way- haven't oh, seen oh, the other season
0: yet.
1: Oh yeah. Nobody knew back then. <laughs> they, um, innocent. But yeah, even oh, her hand got fucked up. That that wow. looked oh, that looked good. Good yeah. in a good gore kind of way. But yeah, that whole and when she flew back and crashed off the roof, that looked really cool as well. Um, yes. like she got blasted awesome. out. All those um, scenes where she got blasted by Abra were done really well. Like to show that the like the power level kind of comparisons,
0: yeah. Um, there's there's two plot points I want to tackle before we start to wrap this up. The first one is the best fan character of Danny.
1: (laughs) Um, he Uh, was his name, I can't remember remember his name.
0: Um, anyways, he was a very funny character to me. I liked him at the start of the movie and I thought the cast choice was cool. I like him, um, yeah. it works until danny's like okay i need to tell my best friend about this because i need help for some reason i don't think it's very clear why he needs help um and then he tells him he's like you 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 you," i can imagine this like they skip over in the movie but i can imagine the conversation is kind of like when i was a little boy i was a psychic and i went to this haunted house blah, blah 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 and he's like and now there's other psychic girls getting hunted by psychic vampires and we need to save them <laughs> and save all the kids. I know where a dead body of a little boy is. And he's like, okay. And they go to find the corpse, a little boy. And they do. Yeah. Now I have to imagine myself in the position of this character. If my yeah. best friend of eight years, and I, I went to the movie with someone who I'm like best friends with for 10 years. And I pitched this to him. I said, If you came to me and you said you were a psychic and you had all these things done to you and you know where a corpse is and we need to stop these psychic vampires and we went out, you know, being a friend, making sure that he's not hallucinating and whatnot and if this needs to to help him and we actually find a corpse. My first thought isn't, oh my God, you're 100% right. My first thought is, oh my God, you did this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: oh <man.
0: laughs> What is wrong with you? This is part of your delusion. But he fully takes him face value. Well. He's like. Man, this corpse uh, is definitely proof of psychic vampires. I'm going to, without ever hesitation, set up a trap where we just shoot the shit out of them. Out
1: <laughs> a bunch of dudes, <laughs> fuck them up. Um I, I get what you're saying, but I, yeah. Is, is
0: that more in the book? No, that in, that the, in the in the book um, um,
1: in the book, you spent so much time with um Danny and um Billy. Well, is the guy, yeah, I name. got that impression um, because
0: I mean the the movie is called Doctor Sleep, and the reason it's called that is because Danny finds this like purpose in like helping these dying people off into yes. the afterlife in a like a very like he
1: helps peaceful them.
0: way. He, yeah. he lets them come to terms with it in a much more neat way. And that's why he's called yep. Doctor Sleep. That is like f- relevant for all of five minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the same thing goes in the book, actually like oh, okay. the whole the whole doctor sleep thing is weirdly non-present and like i feel like it could have thematically come full circle in the end but it kind of doesn't he's just kind of like more of his storyline his standalone storyline is about him dealing with like alcoholism and the the battle with it which is done very in depth in the book but the actual doctor sleep part is like there's not really much more to it than in the movie
0: and and, and how it's done Weird. in the movie is very much like look they said the title of the movie and it makes me laugh every time they do that where they pause the dialogue to emphasize that this is the title of the movie it's so funny
1: but he, they always called him doc yeah and well they, is they did sleep. they
0: it it was a factor in the original, but they didn't his mum didn't call him Doc every time like they do in this movie. Yeah. That was it was like a cute nickname she said occasionally, but in yeah. this they literally only call him Doc to make it yeah. Doctor Sleep.
1: Yeah. That that's one of the weaknesses in the in the source material that's it's weird. It's just a catchy name, I guess. Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, like, I wish this movie was boring more boring than it is. I'll give it that because my my review would be like, well, the name was accurate, Ah, 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 ah." but it's not quite that bad. Um, (laughs) But okay, the second the second uh, plot point I need to get out of like just get off my chest. So almost like the opening scene is, um, Mr. Danny, all grown up, sleeps with this woman. She's like coked out and had a big night and she has a small child and she's like yeah. uh, vomiting on the bed and you know danny runs away from this
1: because like he know, robs her
0: he robs her even though yep. Dom, uh, <laughs> dick Halloran's like mm, mm, mm. don't do that <laughs> he's uh so he runs away from this for some reason more for, to get away from alcohol but then it's kind of implied later, because he meets their ghost, that because he left this unconscious woman and her child, that they both died. Yeah. What the fuck? That's never resolved. He... It's sort of... It's sad that he was running away from it before he knew that he was, because he finds out when he lands in the town that he spends the rest of the movie in, um... I don't understand this plot point. I don't understand why it was never brought up again. Because I thought the whole movie would be him coming to terms with that or like atoning for that. But it's really not. It's just something that happens and then never pays off. What's up with that?
1: Yeah. Um, So all I can really say in regards to that is um, I agree in the movie that doesn't there's no resolution there. That whole little subplot actually mm-hmm. goes nowhere and is then forgotten by the movie. Yes, literally. In the book, yeah, like that's really weird. Um, I I can understand why it made it into the movie though, and that's because in the book, it's a lot more prominent. Mm-hmm. His guilt he feels over that. That for oh. Danny is the moment he considers his rock. That's his rock bottom. That is the worst thing he's ever done was robbing this young single mother and just leaving them there um, and never going back or hearing anything from them. And he, for the rest of his life, like for the rest of the book pretty much, it's just like that is the thought that hurts him the most to think about. That's his like biggest cringe moment in his life. Like that's the worst thing to him that he's ever done. And it's the one thing he just cannot tell to people. Like he he's like open about almost a lot of his other past traumas, but that thing, even like to his like alcohol alcoholics anonymous like sponsors, he can't tell that story up until like the end when he does and okay, realizes. So the is yeah, like,
0: that that definitely felt yeah. like something that was just like not adapted. Yeah, like it wasn't. Oh so- yeah, that wasn't
1: it. Wasn't adapted well. And in the book, it, uh, Dick Halloran didn't appear there, but in the book, Dick Halloran was like alive and um, not a ghost talking to him and giving him advice, which I actually preferred. I think it works better, him being like a spirit because it also shows that there's like good spirits as well kind of thing. Mm, um, true. And I thought the opening scene where he just looks up and he's there and they're talking and gives him this like life lesson about battling his demons and then suddenly he's gone. His mom calls and looks up and Danny's sitting next to no one and <laughs> revealing that. He did die, and that this is like a. a and the spirit. actress
0: is, the actress in that scene is doing the run from the movie because Shelley Duvall yeah. has the weirdest yeah. run in movie history. Yeah.
1: She does, um, one of those runs that's too real. Like it, you <laughs> know, it feels real. Like it doesn't feel like an actor rehearsed that. It feels like this is how a real person would run, terrified. You know. But also,
0: like, if are- you saw someone running like that down like the street, you'd be like, "What the hell are they doing?"
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's one of the changes from the book. I liked. It's a lot happening in this movie. There's so many things you can nitpick. Um, yeah,
0: but I think these nitpicks are. I think there's a lot more than nitpicks. To be honest, I think there there's genuine huge problems.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. There are like very legitimate flaws in this. Very tacky use of fan service, stuff like that. But um, in the end, I still kind of enjoyed it. I think just it had, I don't know, I, I thought the message just resonated quite strongly. Like the uh, thematically, it was a very well-meaning movie and it handled I can, it pretty well.
0: I can, I can agree to that, but I feel like having a well-meaning movie to follow up The Shining, where they literally defeat the demons and the big scary monsters of the scariest movie ever made, I feel like that's yeah a really bad idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree to that. This story shouldn't have existed.
0: Do you think that the main theme of this movie is people who were scarred by The Shining? Because I feel like it's actually yeah. designed in a clever way, and I'll give it some props for this. I think it's a tacky idea, but I think that it's intentional is that the whole idea is that it's like defeating the people that are scared of the movie. It's like a you know defeating your your own demons is like you getting scarred as a child from like horror movies.
1: Uh, that's it's an like, interesting
0: it's like going back, it's reliving it and then destroying it.
1: Yeah, that's they could that I see that's what they were going for. That I that, think that is. That makes sense, and I wish they did it better. Well, yes. I think we all do. Uh it's interesting to come off a movie like this with a consensus of, you know, I liked it. it has huge problems, but I liked it, and um, it shouldn't exist. But I still liked it. Okay, like In- I liked it, but it shouldn't exist is a weird final consensus for me. <laughs> okay,
0: my consensus, my final consensus is it's a okay X Men movie, a very bad Shining movie.
1: Hmm. <laughs> mm. You know what? That's that's an indexing I like that. Because that is the the most interesting part of the movie is the like psychic battles and everybody has slightly different telepathic abilities that oh, they're using to that, that's X-Men the most X-Men interesting boy. part of the movie. It's an X-Men storyline. Yeah, you're right. Fuck. And then they fight ghosts it was and get definitely, fucked up by ghosts.
0: Look, it was literally it was better X-Men story than Dark Phoenix was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. I don't want to watch that movie. Yeah, you I haven't don't. seen it. I don't want to see it. Um okay. that is all I have to say. Um mm. what else can I say about Dr. Sleep? Um, it's I fine. reckon
0: people should sleep on it and don't watch
1: I it. I reckon watch it if you want. Like I I enjoyed it. Didn't love it. I would recommend going back and watching Mike Flanagan's other movies more. Like uh Dr. Sleep kind of feels like a kind of a cheaper version of some of his other movies that are better. Um, but it's okay. Visually, it's a compelling watch. It's pretty, watch. Good.
0: It's pretty some, good visually. Yeah. The only thing I have against the visuals, it comes off too hollow y It's a bit too clean. Yeah,
1: It's very clean. That's, that's okay. the, I guess, the Mike Flanagan look. He's, his stuff is always very clean and slick. Yeah. Um, which I don't I'm, mind. I'm not, I don't mind I'm, not
0: that. I'm not crazy about it in this context. Anyhow, that's we've been watch out and catch you next time? question mark. Um, I don't know, we don't know how to end these things yet.
1: Oh, one 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 other thing I'll I'll, I'll add real quick. Okay. And I'll, I just want Very to see your reaction thing. to this. Okay. But this is this is a thing from the book that they didn't touch on in the movie. Okay. But um you know how in the book when Abra and Dan, in the movie, when Abra and Danny meet, um, they're like, oh, it's weird to have a grown-up meeting with a young girl, like, people are going to be creeped out, and they're like, oh, it's okay, sure. you, you, you're, just, you're just my Uncle Dan. And
0: mm. they're like,
1: okay, let's roll with that. In the book, they laid, it, that plays out the same, but later, towards the end of the movie, they actually discovered that he is her uncle. He's actually That's Uncle Dan. That's the dumbest Dan. thing
0: I've ever heard.
1: And that random, that random guess of her being like, "Oh, you, you can just be my Uncle Dan," was actually like a little unknowing telepathic moment. But what? Do, what? Do, it doesn't and add anything. That, and it's that um, that uh, Jack had actually once had an affair in his drunken years, and like had a child, like unbeknownst to him, and um, that was Abra's mum, I think, and. Um, and yeah, and it, but that I guess connects to the whole um Wait, it skips I, generations kind of thing.
0: That doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, it's like, weird. And it's like it treating the
0: torrents is like there's some sort of like legacy to them. No, they're in one movie. The the point isn't the characters and their legacy and their family yeah. history. Ah, oh, that's dumb. I don't like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I actually didn't. In the book, I was like, come on. But <laughs> get it um, together, get it together, Stephen King. Get together, Stephen, mate. Nah. I like Steven. He's good. He's good. He's a friend. He's all
0: right by me. He doesn't mind that right. we call him Stephen because we're on first name basis. Hit us up, Steven.
1: Hit us up, Steven, please. Please.